0: The first lesson is a reading from the second chapter of Acts. Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Therefore let the entire house of Israel know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. We will read Psalm 116 responsibly by verse. I love the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me whenever I called upon him. But the cords of death me, the grip of the grave took hold of me. I came to breathe sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O oh Lord, I pray you save my life. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his servants. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and call upon the name of the Lord. I will my house the Lord, in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, hallelujah. The second lesson is a reading from the first chapter of 1 Peter. If you invoke as Father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed, through the living and enduring Word of God. Here ends the reading. You,
1: Lord, The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on that same day, when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name is Cleophas, answered, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days. He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were all going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road. And how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Maybe seated at this time, the children's message, if you'll come forward. Remember that you'll be going outside, so that'll be great on this beautiful day. It's Okay, very good. Okay, I never can predict, can we? The numbers. Okay, now we're good. Okay, good morning. So we just had a gospel lesson that was one of our longer ones, and there were some highlights weren't there. They were on a walk, Jesus was there, they didn't recognize him. And when did they finally recognize that Jesus was with them? Do you remember? When he broke the bread. When he broke the bread, they recognized Jesus was with them. What I'm going to give to you today and then send back to you to the um, children's church is a biscuit that is bread. And when you break these, Jesus is the bread of life. And you can have it back there. It, wait, we'll let uh, our teacher guide us back there. But the, the bread, when you break it, could it just let it remind you of the breaking of the bread that Jesus did and that Jesus is with you. In Holy Communion, the bread is broken. We share the body of Christ, the blood of Christ. Jesus is with us. Thank you for being here. The blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with each of you. Amen. Okay, if you want to... There, she's ready for you. I don't know if I should pass these around so you have something to eat during the sermon. I don't know if I have enough. Should we take them back there? What do you think? Take them with you? Can you carry them all? Okay. You are excellent. Thank you. Now, that's excellent. Okay. I don't have jelly to put on them, nor do I have butter. Maybe there is some in the kitchen. Ask these ladies. They know all about the kitchen. Okay, we're ready to go. Thank you. You can go back now for the um, for church, Children's Church. Thank you. You listen so well. Thank you. That's perfect. Yes, yeah, sure. Yep, that's right. T- uh, tease us. <laughs> we're all hungry. okay the biscuits very good (laughs) let us pray almighty god may the words that are spoken and how we listen be guided by the holy spirit and true to the holy gospel that we may too recognize jesus walking with us in the name of our risen savior we pray amen When we have something important to tell each other, I think we say sometimes, I want to talk to you from my heart. Or we'll say to each other, Let's talk heart to heart. We do that at council meetings. We do and are able to sink to that deeper level of conversation and talk heart to heart, and that's important. Usually, when we open a conversation like Let's Talk Heart to Heart, we listen closely. Because a message from the heart, we know and believe will be something important, something formative, and something that will be very important to hear. Heart talk is shared with those we love in our intimate relationships, that's true. And heart talk for you and I as Christians is shared with each other and all people, not just our intimate friends, but with all people We have the ability and we have the call to be talking heart to heart. In reality, a sermon is a heart talk. Words from the pastor's heart, and that's where they come from, are directed to your hearts. Proclaiming the gospel when you are out in the world, embodying that gospel, you are talking heart to heart. Our educated, rational minds are important and also guide our talk. But our minds often seek to control or interpret. Heart talk focuses never on control, but rather on care and transformation. When we carefully and prayerfully choose and speak our words, it's heart talk. Heart talk is loving, but it can be challenging. In other words, we can speak lovingly to someone, to each other, and challenge them to look at a a situation that might be difficult. Words that are hurtful or demeaning or judgmental are not heart talk. They may come from a cold heart and a hardened heart, but they're not the talk that comes from the heart as the heart is understood in Scripture. For Holy Scripture, the heart is the center of our life, strength and feeling. Not only pumping blood and oxygen and nutrients and life throughout our bodies, but in the Bible, the heart was understood to be the the deepest place of our being. Deep feelings, sincere emotions, what we really know about ourselves, what we might try to hide from others about ourselves, deep in our hearts. I pray and maybe it's more wishful thinking, that Putin would have a heart-to-heart conversation with his patriarch, Patriarch Krill, of the Russian Orthodox Church. We are all Christians, and I wonder what the patriarch would say. So far it sounds like he has not spoken much of the gospel. Putin and I have no right to judge the patriarch a heart-to-heart talk would help I pray that those contemplating a mass shooting or buying a weapons or more weapons than they need would have a heart-to-heart conversation with someone who loved them and if they think they're not loved I would hope that they would have a heart-to-heart conversation with anyone or a spiritual guide trusting that hearts could be connected before weapons were purchased. There is heart talk in all of today's lessons. I think you heard it. In 1 Peter 1 verse 22, "Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have gained genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. The author is calling us to love each other and all people unconditionally, deeply and sacrificially. Listen to the heart talk in Acts 2:37. Peter begins to address the crowd about the crucifixion of Jesus the Lord and Messiah his words cut to their hearts and he calls them to look deeply into their hearts about all that has happened and as they listen to Peter they say what should we do that is the result of even when the words cut to our heart and the answer from Peter repent and be baptized receive forgiveness Receive the Holy Spirit. In verse 39, there is more talk from the heart. Peter says, For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Him, He loves. This is an inclusive reaching out promise from the heart of God to the heart of every person breathing on this in this garden about the depth of God's love for us all. So how important heart-to-heart talking is. We have all felt cut to the heart. Harsh words and false words and hurt-filled words, angry words can cut us to the heart. Both the ones who use those hurtful words toward another person and those who receive those harsh and hurtful words, both are cut to the heart. When if we use hurtful words, our hearts are cut too. It's a two-way street. And when you use loving words from your heart, they touch the heart of another and love is returned. It's also truthful that words that cut to the heart like Peter talking about the crucifixion, caused that whole crowd to think about themselves and say, what can we do to repent? It hit them that, my word, this really wasn't such a good thing. And that moment of led to their repentance and to wholeness of living. In the best sense of the phrase, cut to the heart, means awareness of our needs, of our vulnerabilities, of our failures, of our deeds done that hurt others, our deeds left undone that could have helped someone. Cut to the heart those listening to Peter receive God's unconditional love. In Luke 24, on the very day of Christ's resurrection, two disciples, while walking to Emmaus, were talking and discussing all that had happened, and Jesus came near and walked with them. They had heard that the tomb was found empty, And the two on the road had not yet seen the risen Christ. So there was still hope in their hearts, but there was not a. a, a, They had not seen the risen Christ. On that first day of resurrection, they walk and talk and review all that happened concerning Jesus who was with them, and they do not recognize him. Then in verse 25, Jesus says, heart talk. How slow of heart to believe. That must hurt. If someone tells you, you are slow of heart to believe, if someone tells me, this is a slow hearted sermon, yeah, that'll be hard to hear. But I don't think those words are actually judgmental words, but rather another loving call from Christ to recognize Christ is with us. Slow of heart. Well, that's why it's called spiritual discipline. Slow of heart, well, that's why we worship at least once a week. Slow of heart, that's why we receive Holy Communion as often as we can. Because every motion of word and sacrament is speeding our hearts and growing our faith. The Holy Spirit is breathing into us and stirring us. The Creator gives us our lives. And each life is precious. When Jesus, in verse 25, says that, then he goes on to interpret all the scriptures and how they apply to Jesus the Messiah. As you just heard and you knew from the lesson, children's sermon, and they seemed excited to break that bread, didn't they? They recognize Jesus at table with them when he takes the bread, blesses and breaks it, and gives it to them. That is a Eucharistic message. Their eyes are opened. They recognize Jesus. And that quickly he vanishes. It vanishes from sight, but not from being with them. On the road to Emmaus, it's heart talk. The hearts burning within the disciples is a sign that they realize that they are actually standing or were standing in the presence of the risen Christ. They realize now that because of where they stood, they are witnesses like you are, witnesses of the resurrection. They realize that their minds are being opened and they are coming into the light like you and I are in this worship together. In his sonnet, Emmaus 1, Malcolm Goodier takes the image of this burning heart and depicts how Christ transforms its essence into wonder and truth of his revelation on that road to Emmaus. The words of this very short sonnet are words that the dis- he believes the disciples would have spoken to Jesus. And I quote, And yet, you, Jesus, know my darkness from within. You, Jesus, know my cry of dereliction is your own. You, Jesus, bore the isolation of my sin alone, so that I need never be alone. Now you reveal the meaning of my story, that I, who burn with shame, might blaze with glory, end of quote. Blaze with glory. This is the resurrection joy told beautifully on that road to Emmaus. The burn of shame turns into a blaze of glory where spirits were downcast and dark light was given by that fellow traveler on the road who was Christ himself Their beloved friend and teacher and the risen Lord turned their hearts into embers of life and truth. Recognizing our need, which is that our hearts are at times cut to the core, leads us to call God and always receive from God love, mercy, and grace our hearts burning from within us to loving one another and others deeply from the heart, because we are deeply loved from the heart of God Almighty. All of us, our nation, God's whole world, need heart-to-heart talks among all who he people he has created heart to heart talks and heartfelt listening so that a stranger on our front porch seeking help or a stranger turning around in our driveway is not seen first as a threat or a danger but they are seen as guest friend sibling family one to receive with words From our hearts, actions of grace, help, and welcome. In the name of the risen Christ himself, amen.